Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today is going to be slightly a different one. I have two lovely young aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs yes. um, guests with me today. Would you guys please introduce yourself? Thank you. My name is Ahmed Nasheed Ahmed Saeed Mohamed Gore. I am a 17 year old born in Somalia and I'm doing bits in uh, England, London right now. <laughs> and my name is Uma. Okay, yeah. wonderful. So today we are going to be <laughs> ignore the background. They are a little bit tired. We are recording in the middle of the night. So clearly when you record in the middle of the night, you mind is a little bit somewhere else. But anyway, so today what we're going to be talking about is challenges and hardship. So everyone has his own perception of what challenge and hardship is. And today I wanted to get the opinion of these two young aspiring mm. what their challenge and hardship are. So if any of you guys, which one would you like to go forward? Um, the hardships that I have endured mainly come through external factors of man. Uh-huh. A lot of time growing up. Factors that were outside of my control dictated the quality of my life. And then it would often be blamed on me, which mm. is blame. An example would be... Please. Like, in school, mm-hmm. a lot of people find this hard to believe. But our race, just like in the wider society, causes us to have a, a bad reputation in schools. Mm-hmm. The statistics, which I can't remember off the top of my head, show that black kids are excluded far more for the same offences as white kids. Mm-hmm. When you're in class, if you speak, you get punished more than a white kid. If you don't speak mm-hmm. and the teacher doesn't know who it is, you already get profiled as it. I remember one time we had a trip in sociology and we were supposed to go to a rich uh, private school. Mm-hmm. And I, I somehow, uh, me and all the other black kids in our sociology class mm-hmm. all got picked out to go to a knife uh, um like a knife crime mm-hmm. awareness mm-hmm. workshop on the exact mm-hmm. same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was like, oh, I mean, that's such a kind of coincidence. Like, it's almost as if they're trying to keep their mm-hmm. their perception, like their, their uh, what people perceive of them mm-hmm. to be diluted as to reality. Mm-hmm. And that was the weirdest workshop I've ever experienced because I was looking around and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, these are like, nerds like mm. black people who chill in the library like mm. why are they here mm. but then i'd come home and then my mom was like oh school called me and i'm like yeah mom but i haven't really done anything it's i got, I got into an argument with the mm. teacher because it, I was, it was unfair mm. she was like no 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 you stop playing the victim mm-hmm. and then like growing up i didn't know why i was like the, the reality was the way it was mm. but you know what you learn you learn about it and later on you learn to do it can i add on that it's even i remember even though i was you know, like in education especially in high school like quite some time long ago mm-hmm. um i remember um when the head teacher was a white woman mm-hmm. and the uh, vice pr- um, principal was a white man mm-hmm. all the kids that were in detention were always colored kids mm-hmm. you know what i mean all the kids in like doing foundation and everything were all mm-hmm. colored kids and I remember on the last year, I was like on my year 11, this uh, black teacher took over to became the head teacher. Mm. And the vice principal was still a white man, but it was more of a less of a like a typical white man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a little bit more diluted. Exactly. And somehow, miraculously, colored kids improved. Mm. And they were yeah. on top sets. 
and they were no mm. longer on bomb sets and the school was more organized and there was less fights and there was less um cramps because i went to one of the most violent schools when i was in birmingham mm-hmm. and like to the point where people would stab each other mm-hmm. and ambulances and police officers would be in and out of the school mm-hmm. and somehow all of that stopped mm. you know what i mean and I was just, I remember being ever so mesmerized thinking, how did it do 180? Like, how did it change like that quickly? Like 180, it was just bang on mm-hmm. from being black kids and colored kids being at the bottom, being the, you know, the typical. Yeah, yeah. And then to one point, the whole school being calm, the second a colored teacher was at the top. top. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this teacher was so warm hearted and so mm-hmm. good that if a kid goes, I lost my bus pass, she'd be like, don't worry, I'll drop you home. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? So she, yeah, she, she was the what a teacher should be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's like genuinely she was like what was gonna shape the next generation, and because of her, I feel like a lot of kids were not hating education anymore, mm-hmm. and they were coming to school rather than running away from school mm-hmm. because she showed them what a true education is meant to be, not a prison. So I understand where you're coming from, and honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, it's not just education that happens a lot too i feel like a lot of colored people i don't want to specifically say black people even though they do have it the hardest but colored people tend to always be at a disadvantage no matter mm-hmm. where they are in life whether it's job whether it's education mm-hmm. whether whatever the thing it may be mm. so yeah but it's sad isn't it that that's our reality certainly it is mm. i particularly remember when I was in, I believe, how old are you converting in Denmark? So I believe, yes, I was in the middle of a primary school about to go into secondary. Mm. And I, I remember, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like um, maths mm. so much. I really, really don't like maths. But I actually put effort into it this one time and I neatly wrote down the answers and everything Mm -mm. right because like i was like you know what i may as well do it i may as well put an effort into it Mm. and that effort itself Mm. uh turned out to be them like my teacher my maths teacher calling my mom to be like did you write this for her oh because your child is that dumb (laughs) yeah your child is that dumb um not he didn't specifically say that this word though of course yeah. Yeah. yeah but it was like I'm surprised this is way too neat. This is way, like, it is done correctly. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I remember I felt so discouraged. Who wouldn't be? From, like, doing more maths. <laughs> I remember I got a detention one day. Actually, sorry to disturb you. It was for my theory PE. Remember, I did use the PE. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we were given to create... No, no, to... Um, right, I think it was an essay or something mm. about diet. Yeah. And I remember I spent like my whole weekend, I actually did not sleep at all. Mm. I remember I was on the computer, like the layout, even everything. I made it into like a, I remember like a newspaper kind of background. It was so well done. Like yeah. something mm. I I was ever so proud of. Mm. Even the words, like everything came from the bottom of my heart. And I remember my white teacher looked at me directly in the eye. She goes, there is no way you did that. You copied and pasted from somewhere. <laughs> well, I, and I got attention. I promise you know I was sitting there. I don't know. Try it again. You know how she's like bit angry about that? One time I had science homework. And I've, I've loved science my entire life. I'm pretty well knowledgeable for science. Yeah. And I, I sat down with the tutor about 10 minutes. 
I wrote down like two paragraphs. I go to Umakhir and I show her. She goes, there's no way on earth you wrote this. You got this off of Google. You have to rewrite it. And I was forced to rewrite it. And that's coming from the same girl who's hating on the teacher. No, no. I'm sorry if I did that to you. But honestly, I remember I've never tried again in that lesson. Yeah, yeah, I've never. And even though it was one of my cheesiest seats, I remember I didn't even take the exam. Mm -hmm. I was like, fuck it. Why, Why do I need to try when when I try? They just tell me there's no way you're not that one smart. of my favorite artists is called Akala, uh. and he was he was like me he was reading Malcolm at age uh. like 11 uh, like, uh-huh. he was knowledge he's one of the smartest he's I think in the top two percent for mathematical outcomes he got an honor, honorable degree without ever going to university wow. he's a doctor without ever go, having to go to uni he's that intelligent mm-hmm. but he was forced into the special needs classes mm-hmm. because they thought there was no way mm-hmm. a black kid could be that smart. Mm-hmm. And this was only like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And people think that the system has changed, but in reality, school systems have not changed for over 100 mm-hmm. not years. Not at all. And it's hard, to, it's hard to describe because what we experience in school to mm-hmm. our parents, because it, it mm-hmm. often comes off of like blaming thingy. But in reality, if you take a kid from the inner city who's going through high school, who's, who's mm-hmm. surrounded by all this gang behavior, and mm-hmm. you put him in South Kensington, with a wealthy family, do you think he's he's as likely to commit crime? No, it's common sense yeah. that we'd say no. Yeah. So why do we blame the kid in the situation rather than the system that allowed it? Because yeah. I remember I loved science, loved science. Yeah. I never took it seriously because the teachers would always pick on me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna wait until my GCSEs. I'm gonna get great grades, and then I'm gonna be like hot in your face. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take the tests. I used to scrunch up the tests and throw them away. That's completely my fault. We took a, a mock test. Mm-hmm. I was forced to do foundation. I understood. I was like, I get it. I, I was messing around the whole year. I understand. I took the test. And the, the, the highest you can get in foundation is 555. Five, five. I got 555. Five, five. I go to my science teacher. I was like, I, I'm doing higher next year, right? She goes, no, you're too much of a risk to fail higher. And I was like, wait, 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 miss. We had an agreement. You know I was messing around. You know what I'm capable yeah. of. And I've already proven it on my mm-hmm. mock exam. Mm-hmm. So, no, no, prove it to me in the next exam. Mm-hmm. I got 554. Mm-hmm. I was like, clearly I should be able to do higher mm-hmm. now. And she goes, no, 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 you're too much of a risk. We're going to force you to do foundation. And I looked and I was like, but my friend Alex, who got 444, is allowed to do higher. Why is he allowed to do it? Mm, she yeah. goes, he's less of a risk. I was like, why? What do you mean? Less of a risk? Where, where did they estimate it on? I'm like, what are we really estimating on? If I got higher than a guy and he's yeah. doing higher, that doesn't really make sense. Then they'll be like, you're arguing. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. my sister was there. But she was just, don't argue. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. But I, but I feel like this is the bad thing. A lot of, um, I'm, I'm going to say specifically, a lot of Somalis, mm-hmm. this is the problem we have. Mm-hmm. Our parents are this close to worship. Mm-hmm. teachers mm-hmm. that they genuinely don't believe these teachers are humans and that they can make mistakes, make mistakes. Yeah. yeah so if you if i go to my mom today and i go you know what a teacher bullied me or a teacher did this on purpose she'd be like yeah. are you crazy how very dare you a teacher yeah. could never mm-hmm. a teacher apart from god and i a teacher yeah. is the only thing you have in your life do you know exactly. what i mean so i feel like a lot of kids get like just what my sister was like uh oh, don't argue Instead of arguing for him, she's like suppressing him and telling him, hush, keep quiet, because whatever the teacher says is right. You know, Where in reality, right. you should be like, no, 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 no. What you're doing is like not right. I don't like what you're doing to my child. Mm-hmm. You're preventing him mm-hmm. from doing greatness mm-hmm. just because of his skin color. Whatever the reason may yeah. be, I want you to put him on high. Even if he fails, then he would know where he stands. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? But you're not even mm-hmm. giving him the chance. Why are you giving this child a chance? I'm mm-hmm. not him. What gives you the right to choose or not to choose? Mm-hmm. But no, Somali, like more than anyone else, Somali family households, they worship teachers. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, and I don't think that's a healthy thing. I think we should be more, we should be more self-aware yeah. of how we are damaging the kids because we are not giving them the platform to speak and i feel like if you look at reality right now in 2020 in real life mm-hmm. even though somali is building in a certain way and the new generation are picking up like after themselves we are at most disadvantage because we are not being heard mm. yeah you know like only only today only today was him and my baby cousin going to um a protest about something that just happened in the world and instead of them saying you know what yeah you're young for you to even have this mindset to want to change the world i'm proud of you i want you to like you know to let your you know just just roar let your mm-hmm. voice be heard the, my mom was suppressing it she was like uh-uh how dare you like 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 you know what i mean like no 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 let others change the world don't you dare get involved so Start every somali mother world. has that mentality mm-hmm. where let others change the world to the point where we have no contributing to this world yeah. mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah. So, sadly, uh, as you were saying, sadly, since we, our moms mm, or fathers yeah. don't speak up, yeah, they are in a way teaching us exactly. to not speak up as well, exactly. and then it will continue and so forth. The cycle continues because we need to break that cycle. I think it is deeply embedded colonial trauma because mm. mm-hmm. not just in the African community but in the Indian community. Yeah, the col- community, community. Mm-hmm. Um, white people are revered in a sense that's just like kind of kind of weird mm. like in a sense like our parents are afraid to speak because they feel as though they will lose the right to live in this country mm-hmm. where in reality they have a constitution that if things go right should never be broken mm-hmm. if you don't break a law you won't get kicked out mm-hmm. and if they breach the system and it is known about mm-hmm. alhamdulillah we'll, we'll be especially in my generation we'll be able to get justice for you mm-hmm. But our parents are very much stuck in the mindset of we're in another country, just shut your mouth, we're lucky to be here. <laughs> but in reality, I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to bring my kids into this world, I'm going to get rid of this sickness first. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm like, because like, Alhamdulillah, my mom brought me to the Western world. Mm-hmm. And I have opportunities I'd never have mm-hmm. if I didn't come here. Mm-hmm. But I also want my kids to have better opportunities than I have. Mm-hmm. And if I stay the same, they won't. They'll oh. have stagnant opportunities. Yeah. So I want my kids to be the best out of all of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to change the world for them. Mm-hmm. It's funny how this whole topic went from hardshipness to race. Yeah. Involvement <laughs> <and> no. <laughs> no, because like, I feel like the very root of most of our problems mm. tends to be race. Which is like hard for white people to accept. Mm. But in reality, race and gender are the two most defining things about our experiences mm. in life. Because mm-hmm. the struggles we have of poverty, of, of, of sexism, of the experiences that we have are vehemently tied to what we are. 100%. Yeah. But it goes by from culture, it goes by religion, mm-hmm. government, whichever way you want to name it. Mm-hmm. Gender and race always has involvement in that. I feel bad for women. I mean, I've never, no, seriously, I've though. Never whichever, whichever you, you can say there's the peacefulest religion out there in this world, mm-hmm. it will still still have gender in there yeah, yeah, yeah. still it will have race in there somehow the lights are always the greatest and the dark are always shameful yeah. somehow men are more superior and women are to look down on like somehow you know one really way crazy. or another 
it's just there. You know yeah. what's crazy? This, uh, especially being in the Western world for the last like hundred years, mm. it's given us a distorted view of history. Yeah. Because once you actually learn history, two hundred years. I mean, two twenty thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Twenty thousand? I don't know if that's correct, but very well back when we were yeah. living in ancient civilizations. Mm. In Africa, there were civilizations where there were queen leaders. Mm. Queen. Uh, there in Egypt, there was um female um female health consultants. Mm-hmm. That ha- did not occur until I believe it was the seventeenth or eighteenth century in Britain. Mm-hmm. They were already like our, yeah, different histories have different le- varying levels of of, mm-hmm. of prejudice and towards different people. Mm-hmm. To our idea that sexism and racism are an inherent thing to reality is completely bullshit. Because yeah. there were there was a time when there was no racism. Mm-hmm. Because at one point or another, we all looked the same. Mm-hmm. There was at one point where we all had the exact same complexion. We came from the exact same tribe and we were hunting for the exact same deer. Mm-hmm. We decided, oh, Europe looks kind of good. Oh, I'm going to stay in Africa. And now somehow a division has been created. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of really, really stupid when you think about it. Because in reality, Can if aliens it? attack, they don't give a fuck if you're light skin or dark Ducking, skin. You're, you're going to be fucked. Yeah. 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 Can I add one thing to that? It's, mm. I feel like if you look in general, mm-hmm. people, when they are at the comfort of their own home and their own land and their own country, they tend to learn their history mm. within themselves. Yeah. yeah. And when you're in the Western country, you tend to learn your history from a Western perspective. Yeah, facts. So if, for example, a girl my age who was born and raised in Somalia, who was born and raised in, I don't know, Bosaso, you know, whichever, yeah. I guess, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. and me, Abdelisa Agdu had that, this girl, even though we're from a third world country, will be more proud in the whole country than I would be. Mm. Yeah. Because I would see, ah, oh, it's a country where, you know, Bamak always there's always fights. Yeah. You know, this where in her perspective she's like, like, No, 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 no. I live in paradise. No, yeah. no, 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 Somalia. She's so mm-hmm. proud to be Somali. Yeah. Because mm. she knows how rich it's and beautiful her culture is. Yeah, because we talk about it and we praise ourselves. Yeah. Where for me, I'd be like, ah, Somalia, no, no thank you. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm running really away good. from my people because mm-hmm. I learn it from a Western perspective. So therefore, my whole perspective yeah. is a Western perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's actually kind of crazy, mm. though? If we were ever talking about the resilience of a country, Somalia, who did not have a government, was funding its own schools and teaching its own pupils. Mm. Mm-hmm. When there was no government, but there are a lot of people don't know that. Though. What country can you say did not have a government but had a working educational system? Mm. Somalia has the best intercommun the telecommunication system mm. to the point where instead of paying with cash, you pay with a text on your phone. Yeah. To, to, uh, but to people, people don't don't even that. That's what we fucking it, live in the UK. Yeah, but people don't even look at that. Sadly, yeah, no, like. For example, the amount of conversation I always have with like taxi driver in Malaysia, when I tell them, oh, Somalia, that's where I'm from, they're like, where? First of all, like, where is that? And then like, oh, it's a broken country, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. failed state is what they mean. It's a failed state. It may seem that to you because you're not invested into the history of it. 
but there is so much more advantage to it. And I remember not too long ago, I was mm. speaking to my older brother, and he is, mashallah, well educated in the African He's a pan culture. You know what I mean? He's well, well educated, mashallah. And I remember a girl, again, my mashallah. age, has a Western perspective. I was like, no, 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 women in Somalia gets, you know, um, and they have no rights, and, you know, they're being suppressed. And da, 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 I was like, on fire. You know what I mean? And I was just like, you know, women in Somalia get treated trash. And only then did he educated me about actually how what 99% of the women in Somalia are independent entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. that they do not rely on no men. Even mm-hmm. though they're like, oh, Hajira, that are, they, they, didn't, they don't have the circumstances that others do. So therefore, they do need to rely on a man to, to a certain degree to survive. Yeah. Like Badia, the people mm-hmm. that live on the countryside. However, even within them, you know such thing as domestic abuse. Did you know that that does not happen in our culture? It's looked down on. If a man pushes a woman, shoves a woman, she beats the shit out of him. Oh, and he gets shamed. Yeah, yeah. He gets shamed worldwide, everywhere. He gets shamed for ever, ever laying his hand on a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that? Then, See, I didn't know that. And the other thing women have is, um, even though... They have a high you of autonomy. Yeah, even though if you think about it, you know, like a governmental system, political system, women really don't have the right because they use the religion as a reason why women don't get a higher position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But women are the, the you know the president or whatever. Yeah. Women are controlling behind them. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Like mm-hmm. women are like the, the events that get created, the, the awareness that gets created, all of these things, women are creating them. Women mm-hmm. are involved and they are the heart of what's happening in Somalia. Mm-hmm. I feel like I did not know that. And he's there, even though he likes to argue with me and tries to like, likes to wind me up. He was there educating me about And I remember at the end of that conversation thinking, Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> you know, I felt so stupid. I was like, whoa. No, I get what well, you're saying. Yeah. 100%. Um, Somalia has one of the highest degrees of autonomy for females. It's far from great. Far, far from great. 100%. Yeah, but well, the thing is, Western history is the most hypocritical thing ever. Because mm. only in the last hundred years did women have the right to become humans. Yeah. Women before that were seen as property, whereas in Africa, yeah. there was Queen Arawella. Who, who started a fight with, with men because she just didn't like the way women were treated yeah. and she castrated them and made them infertile and they couldn't have children. She chopped off their private parts just because <laughs> they mistreated women. Yeah. That is the level of, of, of uh, I feel like, equality yeah. where we where the, the atrocities of humanity mm. in Somalia mm. are being equally uh, acted upon by men and females. Mm. We are both being terrible human beings. And that's a great step forward. Great step forward. You yeah. start on the same yeah, level. Yeah, great step forward. It's never that imbalance. But what was I going to say? I was going to say something else. I forget it. I was going to say something else. I totally forgot. This got so sidetracked. But one last thing about Somalia is um, uh, the thing is, our ancient history is so muddled. Because, yeah. uh, first of all, I, me, myself, I'm a pan Africanist. I, I very much vehemently think. Um, Somalia is an African country. If we originated from anyone, we'd originate from Ethiopians, our closest ads, mm. our closest uh, neighbor. Mm. It'd be mm-hmm. stupid to ever think that we were Arabians because that would mean we'd have to cross the sea instead of just walking Yemen. up the land. Yemen is just right above us. Yeah, we, we did get mixed. So I, of course, I even no, 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 of course, of course. Even but if we're talking about our origin, yeah. it would mm-hmm. be stupid to think that we came across a river rather than up land. If we humans, came both. 
Because no, if we original... were to talk about in originality, mm. like I said, there is some original rural African Somali Skogumahe mm. stuff. However, mm. there when we're talking about clients and tribes, our one, the one we're from, mm. as you, Ahmed and me, Mukher, and mm. a lot of Somalis, Darot. Mm. The guy Darot himself was a Yemeni. He was an actual Arab man. What he did, he yeah. got mixed with, like I said, Ethiopians and Kenyans. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, and that's how I'm not discrediting that. Be. What I'm telling you is, it would be stupid to think that the first Somalis came on boats rather than on land mm. because mm-hmm. Ethiopians were hunter gatherers. Mm. They used to run around, they would hunt in a certain area, mm-hmm. then they would leave that area and let that area refurbish with animals. Yeah. And they would do that and they would move all across Africa. Mm-hmm. That's how we get people in Egypt, people in West Congo when we originated from the, the cradle of Africa. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ethiopians moved up to Somalia mm. and that's where our earliest history started from. Mm-hmm. That we mixed with other cultures just in any other country, mm-hmm. just yeah. like every other place. Mm-hmm. But it's deeply an African country. Yeah. It's, it's a misconception to ever perceive it's not. But what I was saying is our history is very lost because just like in other African countries, we had an oral tradition. We never used to write shit out. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why in our culture there's a lot of... Um, Stories. Yeah. And there's and a lot poem. of poetry. Yeah, 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 Whenever yeah, yeah. we're violating each other, we're, we're making like jokes or disses or jabs. It's yeah. often in the form of poetry. Mm-hmm. Like, if your uncle is like trying to make fun of you, he'll write a little poem. He'll think of a little poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, who would just say it? And it, it's, just, it's just been our culture. I know Noah's uncle made this because my was was like, you know, very girly, very feminine. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like the harshness of menhood. Mm-hmm. And I remember his dad looked at him. And because all the other boys were so like manly, they would go out with the dad and they would talk about, you know, Kabilo and they would do like manly things. Yeah. I remember he used to stay with his like Adeyal and he just liked to be at home. And he goes, Nur Awawo, Edwehitiri, Wa Aurorie, or something like that. It's such a like be feminine kind of thing. So that's how yeah. we. That's how, like, like Ahmed yeah, saying, yeah. like, it's through mm-hmm. poetry yeah, how they would fact. communicate, mm-hmm. whether it is like to show our history. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, but and then afterwards, when we started writing shit out, sadly, mm. we had the interference of Western societies. Italians. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. But before <laughs> and then and then afterwards, there's a very big misconception mm. within mm. the Somali community just mm. because we're trying to go so opposite from the Western world. We're like, mm. fuck. I fuck the Ajnabi. Like, mm-hmm. fuck those who are not Somali. Mm. To the point where we forget Siad Bare, which we worship on the Oh my lord. Kim Jong-un, right? He was a dictator who, who seized power. Yeah. And then proceeded to make a lot of stupid ass decisions. Who of fucked course. up the country in the long term. In the long term. In the long term. In the long term. Let's go, which let's is say the that. only and most important part of a developing country. If you don't think about the future of a country when you're developing it, you stupid. Can I say one thing about? Let Siyad me finish. Bar? Let me finish. Because, okay. <laughs> if if you are world. trying to no. yeah, if you are trying to build a great society, yeah, you would look to the history of our societies. We've tried with the kings and queens. We realized that shit didn't work out. Right. Mm-hmm. So we cut off one of their heads and we decided to put parliament. We're like, this shit kind of works better. Mm. Then we kind of fine tuned it. We said, oh yeah, we're gonna vote for our rights. Well, we're gonna vote for the well, who we want to lead us. And then women said, oh, we kind of want voting as well. They're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then Somalia could have looked at that and said, instead of us jumping into the last seized power, let's actually vote shit out, which was the first two presidents. Mm. We voted for the first two presidents. Siad Bre took power. 
Mm. And whenever you seize power, you create a vacuum after you're gone. Of course. And then yeah. other people are going to rush in. And that causes so much division. But the history of Somalia through Western eyes is so diluted and so oh, yeah. fucked yeah. up that I personally could not take it as truth. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to learn our history, and then mm-hmm. the way they were they were saying felt state. They were Have you seen around. white men try to talk about Somalia? Yeah. Uh, you don't understand how that. You trying to teach me my history? I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So just talking to older people, just mm. learning about it, very much. If you understand the the, the needs and the necessities of, you know, Al-Shabaab, There was an interview that the leader of Al-Shabaab once said, mm. and he said, mm. Which means I was in my own country, uh, in my own home. Someone came to attack me and I defended myself. Yeah. And now I'm characterized as a villain. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes a fair point. We, we super villainize them. But uh, in reality, uh, uh, terrible, uh, humans, uh, terrible uh, humans, terrible uh, humans, terrible yeah, humans. But if you don't look at why they act the way they do, you're not trying to make no. a change. No, 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 no. Because yeah, you no. have to reason. No. Without reason, we get what happens no. in the Middle East. Can I say we try to bomb the shit out of ISIS. I think, I think, honestly, Mukhairahan, mm. personally, I genuinely think ISIS, mm. not ISIS, Al Shabaabs mm. were at the beginning, mm. at the very, very beginning. Mm. I remember when Americans tried to come and invade Somalia. Mm. They were mm. one of the people at the front line. And yeah. I understand that, you know, they try to protect their people because yeah, that's course. the kind of people we are. We hate each other. We will destroy each other. The second a third party tries to get involved, we're like, nah, ah, let's put our fight on hold and beat the shit out of this guy, which is what we did in America. Yeah. You know what I mean? We fucked them up. However, yeah, mm. what Al-Shabaab did was they, they let the toxicity mm. of, like, of what they had inside them rule over them. Mm. So what they did... They go to the point they go, if a woman mm. is on her period, yeah. she has to wear a red socks. Why? Because no man wants to rape a woman on her period. So if you are not wearing a red socks, therefore you are okay to rape. Do you understand yeah, where I'm trying to come from? So from once when someone was once okay mm. and not great but okay with the point they were coming from yeah, yeah, that yeah. does not justify for anything else yeah i don't think anyone's trying to justify their actions now what yeah. i'm trying to say is at, at one point or another yeah. there was western interference with al-shabaab yeah. every if because think this for a second if if al-shabaab is getting absolutely no money yeah. from a western country how the f- are they buying weapons, yeah. training themselves, mm-hmm. no, no. and sustaining such a damaging impact on the country? No, 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 no. exactly. Because if Al Shabaab is, if, if we take Al Shabaab out of the equation, that means someone has the only thing that it has to deal with it's itself, mm. which means it builds itself up. Exactly. Which yeah. means it takes control of its oil reserves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia, uh-huh. our our oil basically our oil supply it trickles down to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia's entire economy is oil. If we start mm-hmm. using and locking off our own oil, they won't have any oil left. Because which is disadvantages for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's their in, in their best interest that our um, um, our co- country mm. doesn't build its, exactly. its infrastructure. So to to think because original Al Shabaab, yeah. if we don't look at what they were talking about, no. we don't to look at what the Southern Islamic group was talking about. No. We don't look at what the, the main group was talking about. We're never really going to get a big picture. We're going to say, yeah. let's just bomb the shit out of the uh, terrorists, uh, uh, uh. which never works. Uh. It's never worked in the history of anything. <laughs> With- you just create more terrorists. Mm-hmm. You're like, you, you take a father from a kid, he's going to get angry and wants to get revenge. Exactly. And then he'll get whispered in the end. So I think, I think at one point or another, 
We have to sit down with, with Al Shabaab and be like, who the fuck is giving you money? But this is the thing. Again, it's come down to. I feel like I, I lately I got very interested and intrigued about how our political system and what's going on. For Majid, sorry, I love how this conversation. Is no, I do love it. Our Continue. For Majid, our president now, mm-hmm. when he got the power and he got elected, he mm-hmm. found out that Somalia got sold bit by bit to the point where our sea. <laughs> let me say this one more time. What? Our sea got sold to Kenya, so it's our sea. It's based in Somalia. However, we are not allowed to touch it because it does not belong to us. It got sold to Kenya because the president before us sold it for money. So Farmaj was like, fuck no, that's not how it goes. This sea belongs to this country and it belongs to this country only. Nobody sold it. I don't know what relationship you and the other guy had. Mm-hmm. Don't get the country involved. I remember they went into the court of whatever. Even- yeah, and mm-hmm. while I get there, and he got our sea back. And then I remember he no. had this scheme. Sorry, yeah. he had this scheme where he was like, you know what? I've seen a lot of presidents fail, try to negotiate, no, try to uh, stop Al Shabaab. Yeah. Yeah. So because all the other presidents were like, Dilla, you know, shoot them, destroy them, fight fire with fire. And from my just stood back and he was like, okay, if all of this. Uh, taxis didn't work why don't we try to negotiate with them yeah. why don't we mm-hmm. say a shabab surrender and we will reward you for your surrender yeah. surrender and since you like to fight and everything fight for your country build your country every mm-hmm. soldier that comes in we will give you a house we will give you an income we will mm-hmm. give you a pension for your family so you don't have to worry about your family your family will get benefits so therefore you surrendering yourself to the government you benefit from it rather than losing out on it mm-hmm. we're not going to put you in prison we're gonna like train you in another way. Yeah. And a lot of people did turn themselves in. A lot actually did. And the other thing he found was, you know, um uh tell me that what is the word again? What is the word? What? Them things but in the sea that they carry things around. Oh uh, cargo ships. No no the condo condo? The to- the long <laughs> I forgot what the word. Are they not cargo ships? Not the ship itself or yeah. the things that are on the ship. The containers. The containers! Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so you found like almost like a hundred something containers mm-hmm. in, in the ship and like it was gonna say away and he was like oh, hold up like he personally didn't find it but the people there they were like oh hold up this ship keeps going in and out it's not registered what mm-hmm. the fuck is going on yeah. we need to open it turns out it belongs to Saudi Arabia and they were like no you're not allowed to touch any of our shit we're gonna go and come as we please <laughs> for and they were all like hold the fuck up that's not how it works this land belongs to us we need to know what goes in and out of it yeah. full of weapons Another, what was it? An airplane. Yeah. An airplane was going in and out of Somalia. Uh-huh. They, they were like, they stopped at the airport. They were like, this place is not going until we search it. They searched it. Money. Mm-hmm. Bags and bags of money. Mm-hmm. Wow. All going in and out of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia are the ones that are funding them. No, it makes sense. They have the invested interest in that. Do you know First what I mean? Do you mind if this podcast goes this long? Sorry, and if it goes this quick, take for me. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. How long is your I, one? Usually, I try to aim for 30 minutes. Oh, no. Um, since I... <laughs> I'm really sorry, because someone is But really this is a very good conversation, yeah. um, so do continue. Okay. You continue. What I was, was going to say was... Um, Although, I do have a question for you after, so once we finish this topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to come back to you to find out. Because yeah. someone is a really interesting... Uh, concept when Wait. it comes to it in general mm. but the way i genuinely see it is if somalia mm-hmm. builds its economy yeah and it has the power that it, it practically but the, th- the the thing is 
Saudi Arabia is destined to fall regardless. 100%. It has a mm-hmm. one system economy. Mm-hmm. It's pure oil. Mm-hmm. And we will not be able to sustain ourselves with oil in the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Most things are going to turn green. So mm-hmm. it, their economy is already going to crash. If we depend on oil on the last few years of, of a thingy, mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of stressed. I, so right so, now what we should, what I think like the best thing to do is yeah. collect all of the oil we have, sell it, and reinvest all of that money back into green energy. Because imagine Ooh. if Africa, imagine if Somalia was the first country in Africa that had an entirely green economy. Oh, at the first, I'm going to be amazing for the environment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's this uh, there's this concept in economics called f- the first movers advantage. Yeah. The first few people that do anything, like yeah. start a YouTube channel, um, like once the cure for cancer happens, uh, that so that like they always have an advantage yeah. that other people mm-hmm. don't have mm-hmm. because the, mm-hmm. the there is low competition. Yeah. And high demand, mm-hmm. which means like who's gonna You're get money? Type yeah, 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 so, yeah. so I feel like that's the most advantageous thing to do. Mm. Also, Saudi Arabia, I don't think we're gonna get taken seriously in courts of the UN because we've taken Saudi Arabia to court before. Mm. It's never yielded anything because Saudi Arabia has one of the politicians in its pocket. Mm-hmm. So we kind of need to be able to have a big enough economy yeah. where we can start bribing people. I, I know that so. sounds terrible. No, but it's reality. Well, we, we need to. We it's need reality. To. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. And then after, afterwards, then not maybe bribe, but like to be able to have a partnership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes down to pride yeah, yeah. at the end of the day. Let <laughs> me buy you, okay? Let's, let me hell out you, innit? No, because honest to God, oh. the concept that um, foreign countries are allowed to fo- f- mess with foreign countries yeah. is so outdated. Yeah. Like how wars are inefficient now. Yeah. It's better to trade with someone than invade them and try to take their resources. Because like, yeah, war is profitable. Yeah. When it's not with someone that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like America and China are never gonna go to war. Together, exactly. No matter but how much they hate each other. Trump and Xi Jinping or Xi Jinping or whatever the leader of China hate each other no, with yeah. passion. No. They probably admitted they hate each other. Yeah. And the worst thing they do is they impose taxes on each other, because they understand how unprofitable it is. So if mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia takes us as a big enough threat, yeah, it's gonna be like, oh, let's trade, let's trade. <laughs> That's not, what, 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 exactly. What's all this violence? Exactly. Let's trade. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Hopefully, um, that would that's actually a very green. Well, that would actually be really nice to see that happening. Honestly, I wish. Apparently, apparently, so my mom told me, you know, what the Queen of say? Facebook, you can actually highlight the president of Somalia through Facebook. So you might want to twist that idea. Yeah. Well, he has a Facebook. A lot of people highlight him through there. Just leave. Just, just, just leave a detailed Pitch message slash well, a, a detailed voice note, You're, but listen, also recorded as well, so is, you have it like as a proof in case uh, someone tried to yeah, take it and be saying, like, "Listen, I did mention." It. Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Let me just say one <laughs> thing that I love about our culture: no matter how high and big you are. Yeah. You still have connection with the community oh, yeah, facts, somehow. Facts, 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 you still have a hawariyara adair afti cousin. You know what I'm saying? Facts, so facts. True. you can literally mm-hmm. because he is apparently our tribe, mm-hmm. our people. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, you I don't try. I don't try. No, no, no. Or, I said like that old wise. Oh, if you really? actually want to, I think one of my cousin is actually in the parliament. Mm, we have a lot. Yeah. Oh. But ayeyo joho. See, she has a seat in the parliament. <laughs> Yo, first of all, first of all, I need someone to translate my words into Somali. No, 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 no. Somali's good. He was born and raised in Canada. No, I know, but like, 
if, if to be taken seriously, I feel like I should say it. So no, like, no, really. He was born and raised in Canada, so therefore no, he's well spoken and he knows what he's talking you know about. And he's got, say, I feel I like for mean, him, sorry to disturb you, for him to see a young kid mm-hmm. in a Western culture mm-hmm. so interested and mm-hmm. so invested in his country, I feel like he would listen to you more. Then all these motherfuckers hauling out all the games. Also, I'm gonna to add to he's that. He's the president of a whole country. Got Facebook. So what? Him, man. So, what? <laughs> so what if he got um hallowed Trump out? has Facebook. That oh, is Trump shit. is a nastiest yeah. motherfucker. But listen, mm. I'm going to add to what she's saying. Mm. I think you are very good at articulating your words. Really you I come out that. very passionate. You come up with these creative ideas, mm. which, to be honest, I've never even thought of them myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But, like, it's amazing. And honestly, why not give a go? Like you have nothing to lose. Yeah, I feel mean, like you yeah, always really, do yeah. talk about one person needing to start the chain for the chain to go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So you might as well, even if he doesn't mm-hmm. respond to you, you know you took your step. You mm-hmm. know you tried to make a change. Or if it didn't so, work that route, then you can, like, try and get in touch with your cousin um, or something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you know the thing about, I wish I could just, I get where Sian better came from. Because mm-hmm. I wish I could just, Grab Somalia. I just control it. Just, <laughs> fix, just fix the fucking problems. Because to me, like studying like the in history, the Sims. studying the history yeah. of Western countries that have succeeded mm-hmm. for a very long time, I see our shortcomings and our successes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get it. First of all, we need yeah. to get our troops up. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Then we need to secure our oil reserves mm-hmm. from Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. either through the courts or through necessary mm-hmm. violence. Mm-hmm. Then after we've sold our things, we need to invest mm-hmm. in oil, I mean, in green energy. Mm-hmm. Then we need to build our infrastructures. Yeah. First is roads. Yeah. I know that's a weird thing no, to start. No, it's true, it's true. Once we've got our roads, that means within our own country, mm-hmm. the, the, the flow of uh, money is going to yeah. be better and quicker and more mm-hmm. efficient. Yeah, yeah. Because to get to one city to another, is mm-hmm. right now in Somalia, is kind of tough. But so, once there's the actual official high, uh, highway roads and uh, everything sorted out, mm-hmm. it becomes easier to trade and to sell and to mm-hmm. buy from different places, mm-hmm. which will, the economy will skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, skyrocket. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Then after we do that, we need to reinvest into our education and, and, and public resources. Uh. Then once we do that, we need to get back our lands from Ethiopia and um, we need to try unify with Somaliland. 100%. See, honestly, <laughs> did you know that the president of Somaliland and the president of Somalia met up and they are... Uh, negotiating or talking at the moment about mm. a piece and i really really uh, i would love that really, you know what's you know what's kind of crazy though? somaliland um has more economic activity hell yes yeah. we we need somaliland yeah, yeah, that's why somali is not letting go of somaliland we need somaliland yeah, 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 if somaliland becomes independent mm. we are a disadvantage yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. somali no, then, is yeah. a disadvantage but if, if somaliland mm-hmm. truly wants to become a great nation like all the other great nations, yeah. they kind of need Somalia because of the we coastline. We need each other. Yeah, yeah. because of the coastline though. Because Somalia has the longest coast, also, coastline. Also, I, I don't Africa. know how... But Somaliland has it would be. Mm-hmm. Berbera has, I think, uh, beach, sea. Oh, no, 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 because yeah. it's landlocked. Is it Berbera? It's oh, landlocked because it's Somaliland is here mm. and Somalia is here. Mm. We have the longest coastline in the whole of East Africa. We have the Indian and the Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. and we have a lot of fish in there. Yeah. You, you, this is what I remember. I was gonna say, <laughs> you know, the pirates yeah. that started. <gasps> do you know? Wait, do you know why they started though? Because, to protect our land yeah, from people. Yeah, yeah. there were people now. coming Kenyans. illegally mm-hmm. fishing. Kenyans, Kenyans. illegally mm-hmm. fishing. Of so course. young fishermen yeah. took thingy, and then they got they got scared and jumped over, and they realized, wow, we can do this. 
And then they got weapons somehow, and they're like, wow, we're going to protect our land. Nah. And then they saw uh, US um, ships illegally being in waters nah, without nah, informing nah, anyone. Nah, 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 nah. They're like, fuck you, motherfucker, this is ours. Nah. And then they got villainized in the media. It did, so, it yeah. truly and honestly did. Even though, even though, again, like I say, every hundred, good hundred, there's that one motherfucker ruins it for yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Even though the, the pirates of Somalia are there to actually protect our land and they are from a good cause, there's yeah. that one motherfucker who wants to take advantage of the whole destruction, who wants to take, who wants to make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he ruins the whole name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that did happen and mm-hmm. I understand. And again, the Western cultures will like take it out of proportion and ruin it just to like, so they can take more just advantage like, of it. You, you know, know what, what I'm saying? I, last, last point before you can ask <laughs> This idea of um, the Western world having free press, free yeah. press is one of the dumbest Bullshit. things I've ever heard. Mainly because if you look at the, the corporations that own um, that Me- own uh, the news media, media yeah. they are in the same group of elites as um, politicians. And they have the exact yeah. same values and the things that help rich politicians are going to help rich owners that own newspapers. Yeah. And they, in turn... The, the, the leaders of their, the, the newspapers, whatever, the news organizations, mm-hmm. they incentivize news uh, reporters mm-hmm. to only report on certain things. Yeah. So it's, it's an inherently trig- uh, rigged system. Because mm-hmm. if we were, had a real free press, yeah. we'd talk about the most important things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Yemen's about to have the highest death, um, the death count since the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. That would be like a an important thing that the media should be like constantly talking. Mm, like that, yeah. the Holocaust was a pretty big thing. But if because I the Holocaust is not affecting a white man, yeah. they have no need that, to get involved. That English mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. No, no it is true. No, you said if the Holocaust wasn't affecting white no, men. No, since since, since uh, the Holocaust, like um, no, since Yemen, Yemen it's not, not affecting yeah. white yeah. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Sorry, ask your question, ask your question. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, very interested in what you're going to ask, go on. No, it's not, um, the question is just asking you what your, uh, what's it called, what your um, hardships Honestly. were. So I was going to like, because it directed from you and then we went yeah, for yeah, one yeah, conversation. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Which I absolutely that. love, which is why I prefer, I would rather do a podcast in person because at least it yeah. jump from one way or another and yeah, I feel yeah. more connected. More connected. Yeah. yeah. I can see where someone's development. Alhamdulillah. Mm -hmm. I some people might see it as hardship the things I've been through, but Mm -hmm. I I honestly don't see them. Mm -hmm. You know, I have been kicked out of the house, I have been almost forced into a marriage, I have been I have been neglected by my family in a, to a certain degree and even though some people might get subhanallah what the fuck and they may see it as a hardship that you come oh like you know that you go through i don't you know i i see him as a challenge that shaped me into the person i am today mm-hmm. so when i say i don't have a hardship in life it's more of like a I don't take it as a hardship. It's your mindset yeah it's not yeah. that it's not a hardship it's that i don't see it as a hardship mm-hmm. i see it as a new challenge that i need to overcome Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I say myself, I think when we were talking earlier on, you were talking about the three hour journey I used to take yeah. on the bus to go to work. Yeah. Like you said, some people might be like, SubhanAllah, what the hell? <laughs> Is it really worth it to travel three hours? So six hours in total for four hour shift. So I actually pay more money than getting more money. Yeah. Than getting the money, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know, well, I, Alhamdulillah, with my mindset, I don't know how I got it. And I'm ever so grateful to Allah. But mm-hmm. 
I don't I haven't seen hardshipness in life yet. I am I've only seen privileged. challenges and yeah. with the challenges well like, I've seen myself a lot I was telling my sister the other day, I was like I always see myself at the deep end, you know, I'm mm-hmm. rock bottom. I'm mm-hmm. like where where it hurts, where I'm like, I should just give up. And then somehow, somehow, miraculously, without me even trying very hard, I just see myself on the other side. Mm. And I don't even try it. That's the weird part. I remember um, when I went back to work, my manager was like, oh, I'm going to have to reduce your hours because, again, I can't manage. So I'm going to go from a 30-hour contract to maybe eight-hour contract. So therefore, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. You know what I mean? A lot of shit was going through my mind. And I remember being on cloud nine, being ever so depressed, thinking, okay, I need to look for another job. I need to do two, three jobs from now on to be able to stand on my own two feet, not to rely on another human being again, that kind Mm -hmm. of mentality. And like I remember like thinking, okay, take a deep breath. Mm. What do you always do? You always calm yourself down and you always... Take your time, you know? And I did. I took my time. I took a breath. I did not stress myself out. I was like, this is my first week back to work. Just work this week. Chill. Don't think of anything else. Mm-hmm. And then next week, when you're a bit calmer, think of solutions. Mm. Yeah. And then before the week ends, my manager comes to me saying, you don't have to worry about a contract anymore. You keep your 30 hours. I'll work off someone else. No. Did you see that though? Yeah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I always see myself at the deep end and I'm like, okay, this is the moment. But somehow, I'm on the other side. Yeah. So this is why I say I don't see hardshipness. I see mm-hmm. I see challenges. And even the challenges I've gone through, I don't I don't see it as a challenge. That is, you know, I don't see it as an impossible thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can get through it. I, mm-hmm. I can get through it. Like, even though you do get the mentality sometimes, where you're like, ah. Oh, can I, can I really, like, do I have the willpower to really go through this? Mm-hmm. You, you somehow still at the back of your mind you're like of course you can you've been through worse this is nothing yeah. you know oh that's I mean? a fact I remember you know what I mean whenever, you, whenever I'm in a hard place I always think about the time I twisted my ankle 360 degrees and I was like yeah but I can do this, this you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like, like you've been through chill. worse yeah. you've that's been through worse been worse well, yeah. exactly exactly mm-hmm. and something else I like to do in my life is I, I take my mom as not a role model, but I say no, a learning a as a learning something I can learn from. She is the definition of a role model. Exactly, exactly. So I see myself. Mom. It's rainy. Okay, yeah. the bus left me. I'm cold. Maybe I didn't have breakfast, and I'm like, oh my god, like you know the typical white girl. My world's crumbling down. Like you know, I'm at the lowest. Even though I'm in a very comfortable place, I can just go to the corner shop. I have the money to get myself food. Go back home, get myself. I have the resources, but I have this mentality of I'm um, failing at life, kind of thing. And then I think of the things my mom went through, the things of a lot of single Somali mothers go through. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, say Alhamdulillah, take a chill pill mm-hmm. and take care of yourself first before you do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And with that, and, and I think, like, okay, my mom, there was at one point in her life where my mom was working six, seven jobs. When my mom got hospitalized, she was like vomiting blood. That's how hard my mom my mom worked yeah. in her life to that degree. So I'm like, you being late or you being uncomfortable because it's early in the morning mm, is that's nothing that's compared that's to hers. Yeah. So therefore, if your mother can go through that and she can come out on the other side, you can. This is like you know, brush it up, man. This yeah. is nothing. There's more to come in life. Chill. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mom instilled that in us from well, a very, very young age. I and mean. even though to a certain degree, I'm like. 
a child should not have that mentality. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know what I mean. Yeah. But so that child, exactly. Alhamdulillah, with that like that mentality always helped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of things my mom has engraved in us. When I was younger, I used to think of my mom hates me. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no way a mother can do this to her child. But now that I'm adult, I'm like. I should, I should rub your feet. I should kiss yeah, your feet. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much for teaching me. You know what I mean? Thank you so much for being like mean to me at this time and teaching me these things. I'm not like, not, not letting me lack yeah. up because I am where I am and I am who I am today because of the things I've went through and because of the challenges my mom has set up for me for me to go through. Mm-hmm. Polo G once said after Voila. he succeeded. Yeah. Polo G, this is in a bar by the way. This is in one of his raps. He goes, now I'm the golden child. I used to think my mom hated me, mm. and that's a fact. Because very, very much growing, growing up, especially in our family, yeah, it's very mm. much like a motherfucker. What is you crying? You are no life is way harder than, than this. this. Yeah, I remember the days where like the electricity would go out when mm-hmm. we didn't have food or some shit. Mom would look at us like, "Boy, if it get harder than this, you better get ready." Exactly. What the fuck is he talking about? Exactly. So now waking up five o'clock to get to school, walking through cold or rain, yeah. all that is genuinely nothing exactly. to us. Mainly because like I always think about the stories of like my mom coming home three o'clock in the morning and it's raining and cold as shit. She closes her eyes, wakes up, and goes back to another drug. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm saying. boy, I have no goddamn excuse to cry about wallahi, shit wallahi. at all. But you know, it's always been an advantage. The only thing I could ever say badly about my mom is she did teach me how to cook. And that is Allah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know what? I am so sorry. Is a disadvantage Everyone for you? Everyone else in the family can cook apart from me. I look like a child. I feel like because you're the, you know, he's the youngest. Yeah. yeah so yeah. my mom hit at that age was just like, ah, oh, I can't be us no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, fuck it, I can't be us no more. I, but I alhamdulillah, most. honestly, for me, Mukhair, even though there is the ups and downs in life. I can never complain about life mm-hmm. because oh, yes. a life with that little bit of challenge is not life. So, you know what I'm saying? What are you often about? It's this? true. No, 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 no. Because oh her, her ideal thing in life is comfort. It is. Who does not like comfort? So I ideally. No, 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 no. What I'm saying in reality, oh, yeah, not yeah, in yeah. fantasy. In reality, let me. Can I summarize that? Up? Maybe, yeah. perhaps, mm. like. I, I don't know from what I'm from what no 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 from I'm what joking. I'm taking. Yeah. yeah, I love the fact that you're pointing out life is a challenge. Like, mm. what what is a life without like a little bit of challenge? Exactly. In the end yeah, and well, like, it would be boring. It's like, you know, this Which is gonna be a very ridiculous uh, combination. But like, you know, when I play Sims, for example, I've done you everything. Just, I've got the money. I, like, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, like, exactly. It's there's nothing. You have to try kill the Sims. It's, it's, oh my god! Yeah. No, no, no. First time I heard that, no, no, no. my heart broke. I was playing with my friend, yeah. and she's like, "Okay, I'm bored of him now. I'm gonna kill him." I was like, "Wait, what?" No, 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 no. Put, put, put the Sims near a, a pool, yeah. and they'll drown casually. That's gonna love. This just went morbid. Like, okay, that's not where I was going with this. No, no, no. But what I love, um, from what I'm gathering, this is just my opinion. I'm not putting words into your mouth. Um, these challenges, you're trying to find comfort. Yeah within it so I, I love that 110 love that. Yeah. Uh, because i challenge something you cannot escape from uh, yes. mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. well i challenge is something you can escape from yeah and hardshipness however what you can do is find comfort within the hardshipness to overcome hardshipness i don't know if it makes sense for people but it, it makes, makes sense for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so let's just say i have Five day in a row, I have a shift where I have to wake up six, seven in the morning. No, mm. six, five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm doing all the opening shifts. Maybe there's not enough food at home. Da 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 da. I would, or maybe like I don't have enough money or to get like you know the consistent nutrition or food or whatever I want to get through the day. Yeah, you need yeah. What I would do is personally, I would. So if my shift is at seven o'clock, I wake up at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. People are like, what the hell? Why would you do that? I wake up at five o'clock. I give myself an hour where I would just lay in bed, go through my phone, you know what I mean? Just be all the lazy, give myself the um, the time for yourself. to nag and to drag and to express my feelings. Yeah. And then I give myself an hour to gather myself and get ready mm-hmm. and from the house instead of spending money outside to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get to work and it's cold and whatever. I'll go outside and I'll put hot water in my reusable, you know, bottle. And I'll just keep it because obviously we're not allowed to turn the heat on because everything has to be our cold air. Mm-hmm. And then is that little things you do to comfort yourself mm-hmm. that will right, that will not make my week harder anymore. It will yeah. make everything so much easier. I, 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 live, I, live my, I live my life of the gangster code. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up 10 minutes before I need to leave the house. No. Yeah. I speed boost through the house gate. <laughs> I sprint out the yard. I barely catch the bus on time. <laughs> and then yeah, life works out. It's 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 like that. Honestly though, my, my tactics have always been I just go with the floor. Because it's yeah. honestly all these planning this shit uh, you can plan for absolutely oh. everything you could possibly know. No no mm-hmm. you could plan for absolutely everything you possibly know. Uh-huh. And get hit by a truck on your way to school. Yeah. It is truly a random world we However. Live in. But that is the most beautiful thing. Because if I wake up ten minutes before that thing I have no idea if the bus is 10 minutes away, 9 minutes away, or 11 minutes away. But I do know I'm going to get to the bus stop in 10 minutes. Uh, and hopefully I catch it. <laughs> and if I do, I'm happy. And if I don't, It's I'm a different sure. mentality with people yeah. with anxiety. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. I remember, I remember code, no one day I remember, Wallahi Billah, I woke up at 5, left the house at 6.50. I gave myself 10 minutes extra. Yeah. You know, 10 yeah. minutes extra. So I catch the early buses, whatever. I got the bus from here, went to catch my second bus. It, it, it's on delay. It's not coming. It literally took forty-five minutes. Yeah. So I went to work thirty minutes, uh, uh, thirty minutes late. Yeah. Even though I left the house an hour and ten minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. I remember being on the bus. My anxiety was off the chart. Yeah. I, I was, I was literally like on the verge of crying. I could feel things. I could feel, you know, when you feel that uncomfortable thing under yeah. your skin. No. <laughs> this this uncomfortable layer under your skin when your anxiety kicks in. And I remember just being, my heart was beating. I was being ever so anxious. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. And that's the day I was just like, that's the day it hit me. No mm. matter how prepared you are, you can never be prepared for something. Yeah. For life. But you know what I mean? Hear me, hear me out. I think after you realize that every single thing that you do does not mean anything in this world. Mm. Like on some actual, the concept of being late was created by a person. Yeah. The concept of a job was created by a person. Yeah. Oftentimes we forget, we say money doesn't grow on trees, but we forget that the food that we do need is grows on trees. Yeah. Like, the stressing doesn't make sense to me anymore, especially when I look at it and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. a person like me created the circumstances that I'm stressing about. Because mm-hmm. if I take away all of these, all of these constructs, mm-hmm. in reality, it's just me going through my life. Yeah. I can choose to do whatever I want. But however, you will be at a disadvantage, you know that. No, no, right? I'm just, I'm just, yeah. but hear me out. Yeah. If you know you can't do anything about being late, yeah. and you know that being late was something someone else created, 
and mm-hmm. it's not something that you chose to be and it's not something in your control you have two options you can either I mean it's not really an option you have to fight to get to the second option mm-hmm. but the first option is feel anxiety yeah. and the second option is to let go of your negative attachment mm. to anxiety. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Like, for me, when I'm late, I'm like, yeah, shit, I'm late. That's crazy. You know, I mean, you know how That's before, crazy. before yeah. it was, it was like, that the idea of you being comfortable while, while you're late was yeah. just impossible. You're like, yeah. how very dare you? You used to punish yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and beat yourself before yeah. anyone else could get to it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, like you said, once you get to that point where you're thinking, like, I'm late. There's nothing more I can do. Shit. All I can do for myself is to calm myself, to comfort myself, mm-hmm. and to take my time to get to where I need. Mm-hmm. And let's apologize for my late. Mm-hmm. And for make sure I try to come up an hour earlier just to prevent this thing again. Yeah, you... yeah, yeah so like, I, I to know... prevent myself from being late for next time. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, as an athlete, I have a, a similar kind of negative energy. But for me, it's whenever I play badly, or like I perform less than I, I want to in basketball. Mm. I don't say anything. I don't. I don't. I don't trash talk. I don't make excuses. I go dead quiet. I get changed. I leave. But the next morning, I come an hour and a half before anyone gets into school. Mm. I, I get my training equipment on. I put on my uh, forty power vest that my family Fabian gives me, mm. and then I make sure I train a mm. hundred times harder than I did the day before, mm. so that when it comes to the next, even as little as the PE lesson, yeah. that people know not to mess with me, because like this, uh, impossible. There is a an unhealthy level of arrogance mm. but once you're at a certain level mm-hmm. it's and disres- it's disrespectful for people to assume that they're on the same level as you yeah. <laughs> no i know that sounds terrible but a basketball player will, any basketball player listening to this will understand what i mean once you but once you reach a certain level sison used to be better than me a friend of mine for sison but i I've, I've gotten better than him if he were to today say he was better than me it would disrespect me on a different level mm. like i'd be like but huh? I work harder than you. Harder than yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is you talking about? Like, yeah. huh? Who are you disrespecting? Because uh, uh. that's just the culture in basketball. Mm-hmm. But I would never like trash talk without putting in that hour and a half earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like that hour and a half earlier. I know Sison didn't do that training. No. And if Sison did come earlier than me, the next day I'm coming earlier than him. It's, it's very much. <laughs> it's, it's a cycle, then, isn't it? Yeah, the, the stories of Kobe and MJ, the mm. two greatest players of basketball ever mm-hmm. and they are known for being notoriously hard to keep relationships with yeah because they are such toxic human beings mm-hmm. but that's just the culture of being a great basketball player mm-hmm. you lose a part of your humanity which mm-hmm. is like to be the best yeah. yeah sacrifice for greatness is always necessary mm-hmm. i would never sacrifice at least from my perspective mm. i would never sacrifice my humanity to be great I listen. You tie. You die. I feel times. like I feel like sometimes it depends on the way you go about. You can be the greatest mm-hmm. and still. No, not when you're versus Michael Jordan, because Michael you Jordan. You don't need to be toxic to be physically better than another human being. But LeBron James is physically better than Michael Jordan, but he will never beat Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan didn't champion. give a flying fuck who he was versing. There are stories of someone saying, hey, good game after he lost. The next game, he came back and dropped 40 points. For what reason? 
Characteristic for the goat is something called the killer mentality. Yeah, you have to be almost like a predator. Like mm-hmm. if, if there's three seconds left on the clock, mm-hmm. you have to take the last shot. Do you know how much anxiety it has to? If if you make a shot, you win the championship. Yeah. If you miss the shot, you could potentially lose the championship. And it's mm-hmm. all on you. All of the a Ism. whole a whole city a whole state like like. Excitement and enthusiasm and hope is on yeah. you. Worldwide yeah. is on you. You either make or miss that. Mm. You think a person, a rational person, could do that? <laughs> no, you gotta be, you gotta be a, a killer, which Michael Jordan was. He didn't, okay. <laughs> imagine. Okay, I'm sorry. Boss was just amazing. It was game five. It was versus Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. They were down by something. There mm-hmm. were three seconds left. It's game mm-hmm. five. If he wins this, they win the. If he misses this. The opponents have um, um, momentum and they could win other games. Yeah. He drives. <laughs> Mind you, this is illegal. He pushes the guy. It's a clean push-off. That's illegal. It should not be allowed. He does what he needs to do. Pulls in between his legs, jumps, hangs, and just lets it go. And it goes through. And the rest is history. And now LeBron can never fight with that. Because LeBron is like, no, he's I'm not going to do that. Not- Yeah, yeah. I, if, in reality, if I could choose between them, yeah. I would 110% walk towards LeBron. Yeah, but hear me out. Because he's a decent human being. But hear me out. You die twice. First time is when they bury you in the grave. And the second time is the mm-hmm. last time that somebody ever says your name. LeBron's name will be forgotten before Michael Jordan's. Because Michael Jordan left such an impact on the game that the world. He's what shaped basketball, really. Yeah, he's yeah. what shaped the 90s. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I'm like. This physical material is gonna die, mm. but I want okay. my legacy to be like long. Mm. I want my great great yeah. grandkids to be like, oh, I'm related to Ahmed. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I want them to have that because right now, who can you say from your past that you're like, I'm related to that guy? No, yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what I'm concluding is like, which we should maybe inshallah we should carry on this conversation mm. another time because no no it's not just that it's the fact that i can see this potential going into a conversation of like whether it always comes down to the ability yeah, yeah. and the strength yeah. of the person yeah, versus right. there's like character yeah, yeah, and right, as right. humanity that makes the greater yeah. out of these two yeah. Yeah. so that itself is like a great conversation and inshallah i would love actually if we did a part two 100 percent that one girl if you want to come like... down come on down <laughs> anytime i like 
But um, to conclude, uh, what are the last few things you guys wanted to leave yeah. as a reminder to others? Because oh. we've touched upon quite a lot of things today. For me, honestly, I'm, I'm mm. not the most, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, I wish to be. However. If I could advise anyone, it would be to always have God in your heart and to know mm-hmm. if you rely on God, your issues really will be resolved. And it I'm has the, worked for me. And mm-hmm. I'm the complete polar opposite. Humans have an unnatural amount of free will. It, 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 terrifies, it terrifies us. Mm-hmm. You know when you're on the edge of a building mm-hmm. and you're safe, there's mm-hmm. glass, there's yeah. no way you could ever fall. Yeah. The reason you feel scared, in my opinion, is because you realize you have the the free will to choose to jump off the building. You have that choice. You have the choice today to get up and become the greatest human being that has ever lived. There is not a single thing stopping you. There's no nobody is physically stopping you from doing what you want to do. And that level of freedom is scary, but it's important to realize. However, because truly, if you strip away the rules and regulations and look into the eyes of a human. I think you see the eyes of a God. Allah, no, that's kind of haram. But once you strip away everything, everything on this planet Earth, apart from what Allah has given us, and the, mm-hmm. Allah has given us the ability, obviously, mm-hmm. but everything else is made by man's um, imagination yeah. and man's greed. Yeah. We built this shit ourselves. We How could I... do way better than we we could ever think of. Yeah, go on. No, I I agree with what you're saying to the level of don't slack off and be lazy and just say I live up to God. Yeah, you know what I mean. However, when especially when it comes to mental yeah. mentality mm-hmm. or like mental health or something like that, I feel like relying and a little bit yeah. on on God. I don't know with others, but for me at least, it worked for me. It put mm-hmm. like a bit of peace in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt like I was not alone. It felt like there was always a higher power mm-hmm. there for me that was easing my pain. Mm-hmm. So with having with that mentality even though it might mm-hmm. physically not be happening but having with that mentality knowing that mm-hmm. there's a, a third perspective out there that i can like load my bullshit on that will somehow resolve my just just the mentality yeah. of that itself mm-hmm. motivated me to go yeah, but out it has there. to be a stepping point it no that's what i'm saying so well, i wake up in the morning and mm-hmm. i feel hella depressed when i'm like Ugh, i don't want to live no no more yeah yeah but mm-hmm. just in the mindset of okay i so you know Mm-hmm. Okay, just get up, go to the toilet. Just stand mm-hmm. in front of the toilet. You yeah, mm-hmm. go to the toilet. Okay, I can brush your teeth quickly. You know, it's okay, it's okay. You know what I mean? Step by step, taking yeah. that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. first, with the mindset of, so go back to God, ask God for sickness and protection. Yeah. With that kind of mentality, I got out of my bed and I went to the toilet and the change started when you go into my work or going on it, with my life. When mm-hmm. I say it has to be a stepping stone, Omar Khayyab, you will never be happy until you deal with the issues that cause you unhappiness. Because if you say, uh, it's really good to look into Allah when you wake up and you feel like don't, you don't feel like living. Mm-hmm. But you need to realize that there must have been something causing you to not want to get out of bed. And until you solve that, you're going to be relying on God your entire life. God, yeah. should, God should be a stepping stone. God gives you the power to get out of bed. No. But God is not going to force you to try to find the solutions in life. God has given you the free will to I do that. I feel like with, with, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to depression, sometimes... Yeah. You don't know and you never know what triggered you yeah. you never so when you say you need to find results i understand that you need to find results mm-hmm. and with that results you can only move forward however there's sometimes you just don't know you literally mm. 
I'd be happy and excited and be mm-hmm. surrounded by people who love mm-hmm. you and you love them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in a split of second, you just want to disappear. And with mm-hmm. that, with that, I don't know what triggered me. I know, but that's why you leave it to professionals because there are there's something called micro triggers. If you're in an environment, mm-hmm. something as small as a clock could trigger internal trauma mm-hmm. and make you have an episode mm-hmm. but you can't notice that mm-hmm. a professional has to point that out mm-hmm. once you go to a professional they're going to ask you for a detailed recount of your day but you and forever when the have to go to that professional no no you don't you as, as a person studying psychology you don't no. I, i'm telling you because first of all cbt what it does is uh-huh. it changes cognitive behavioral therapy um, it is good and people should do therapy is what I'm coming from mm. and you don't depend on the therapist for your whole life mm. it, it, It's like a teacher. Mm. It gives mm. you this like skills you need to continue to find the happiness yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I I think We waffled so much and I apologize. We talked too No, 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 honest, no, honestly, honestly, you two There's a, as I told you guys, there's a reason why I have asked a long time ago uh let me sit down and let's like record a session because yeah. like the conversation i have with both of you guys yeah. are truly amazing and even if i'm not like fully paying attention or yeah. i might be doing something else just hearing yeah. you two waffle on about a debate of, yeah. of something yeah. is absolutely amazing yeah. and Thank you so much. It's so nice to hear that. Aww. I know it's nice to see someone not judging you. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Even well, like some people will ask you the questions. However, they tend to always judge the answer you yeah, get, they mm, but they give you that look, like mm, mm-hmm. you, know, you have that yeah, mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good to see someone that just accepts you for who you are and yeah. for, the, for your mindset. As a matter of fact, yeah. encourage you more. Yeah. You yeah. I, I mean? truly love it. Yeah. No. Well, like honestly, I love to see where you guys' minds are and. Yeah. That itself is amazing. And next podcast has to be you on your own talking about your opinions on of what we talked about. Oh my god. Your perspective and your opinions on everything we talked about. Yes. I would love to watch. So it could be about race, it could be the Somali politics, it could be mindset, it could be whatever we talked about. Every topic we touched on today, which is so many by the way, it should be your perspective (laughs) and opinion on it. Wonderful. You know, this is the conversation me and Fael had at night at three o'clock in the morning. Well, like, we went through some money politics, uh, gay pride, everything. We ended up talking about turtles and shit, like, and then Sony <laughs> and Spider Man. It was weird. It was a weird conversation. <laughs> It's no, always, it just, it's always nice to have a conversation. With you. It's, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Um, I can continue talking for a long time with you guys as well. Uh, but to conclude today, once um, episode, it was a little bit long, but a very, very, very enjoyable episode. Aww. And I would like to say one last time, thank both of you guys. Thank you. Thank for, you for joining for me us. today, for accepting. I actually thought it would take like a little bit longer to persuade both of you guys. Oh. <laughs> like, I literally, I, you ever mouth. meet. <laughs> you have the biggest mouths in the world. <laughs> You give us an opportunity to just like talk all the time, so yeah. it's good. Amazing. Um, and I hope you audience are able to get some insight from this brain, learn something, or just find something that make you resonate with what they say. So, <laughs> so that is concluding for today's episode. I look forward to get in touch with you guys. Definitely. 
inshallah definitely uh, any chance you guys know how people want to reach you guys are you interested in sharing yes um i'm a1.ams with four z's on instagram mm -hmm. so and i am umo that will be umo 98 mm -hmm. on instagram perfect yeah and if you want to get in touch with them you have this instagram all right see you till next time bye bye, bye.